Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. I'm going to keep the cardiovascular series going a little bit further, and today we're going to discuss left versus right heart catheterizations, including why they are performed, what they help diagnose, and what measurements can be performed during each of the procedures. I think it's easiest for us to start with a left heart catheterization, or also known as a coronary angiogram, which is probably more highly performed from an outpatient standpoint. A left heart catheterization involves the passage of a catheter, which is a thin, flexible tube, into the left side of the heart. The catheter is inserted via an artery at either the groin or the wrist. If the approach is to the groin, it would be through the femoral artery, and if performed through the wrist, it would be inserted through the radial artery. The route chosen is based on the anatomical considerations of the individual patient, as well as the preference of your physician performing the procedure. Common steps taken during cardiac catheterization include the patient is positioned on the operating table in the cardiac cath lab and lightly sedated to keep the patient comfortable. The skin overlying the artery or vein is cleaned and sterilized and a small incision is then made into the skin where the catheter is inserted to the blood vessel. The catheter is then guided up to the appropriate heart chamber under x-ray guidance, also known as fluoroscopy. Contrast dye is injected through the catheter and simultaneous x-ray images are taken, which then create a moving image to allow for depiction of the blood flow through the coronary arteries, as well as the movement of the blood through the heart, the valves, and the wall motion of the left ventricle. This procedure can determine pressures and blood flow in the heart chambers, as well as collect blood samples from the heart if necessary. In the context of an abnormal nuclear stress test, a left heart cath would be recommended for coronary angiography to look at the blood flow through the coronary arteries. Angioplasty, with or without stenting, can be completed during the same procedure if blockage of a coronary artery is seen. Balloon angioplasty is used to open the blocked artery by means of a balloon that is inflated to open up narrowed vessels. Stenting of the vessels can also be completed to correct blockages in the arteries and to allow for adequate blood flow. Drug-eluting stents or bare metal stents can be used to open blocked or narrowed coronary arteries. Although drug-eluting stents are more commonly used these days, they do require antiplatelet therapy in the form of effient, berlinta, or plavix for 6 to 12 months without interruption. Bare metal stents are more useful if the patient is in need of a more urgent surgery because antiplatelet therapy can be interrupted after approximately 60 days. The whole cardiac catheterization procedure takes approximately 45 minutes if no intervention is needed and can take up to 90 minutes or longer depending on if intervention is determined necessary and to what extent. If a physician is having a difficult time determining if percutaneous intervention is justified, they can measure the gradient along the narrowed artery to help determine blood flow distally or past the blockage. 
Left heart cardiac catheterization can also be done to assess cardiac valve disease, cardiac tumors, to assess problems with the heart function and or heart defects, such as ventricular septal defects. Left heart casts are also performed when the patient is being considered for a candidacy for a TAVR, which stands for transcatheter aortic valve replacement, which is when a trained physician deploys an artificial aortic valve over top of the patient's native aortic valve via catheter. If a patient has significant coronary artery disease and requires bypass grafting or open heart surgery, the patient would not be considered a TAVR candidate and would then undergo open heart surgery for bypass grafting as well as aortic valve replacement. Now, let's shift our minds to the right side of the heart. A right heart catheterization is performed to see how well the heart is pumping and to measure the pressures in your heart and lungs. Catheterization of the right side of the heart is performed through the venous route. Right heart catheterization assesses cardiac output, pressures in the heart, and pressures in the arteries of the lungs. Measurement of the right heart oxygen levels can also be obtained, and electrical problems of the heart can be identified. An introducer sheath, which is a slightly larger hollow tube, is first inserted to the vein, and then the PA catheter is fed through the introducer. The PA catheter, once in place, will measure heart pressures. As it enters into the right side of the heart, it will measure the right atrium where the pressure usually averages less than 5 mmHg. When the catheter is advanced to the right ventricle, the systolic pressure is increased to approximately 25 mmHg and the diastolic pressure remains similar to the right atrial diastolic pressure. As the catheter enters the pulmonary artery, systolic pressure is normally similar to the right ventricle systolic pressure and the diastolic pressure increases to approximately 10 mmHg due to pulmonic valve closure, which occurs at the beginning of diastole. To summarize, a normal pulmonary artery systolic pressure at rest is about 25 mmHg or less, with a mean pulmonary pressure ranging from 12 to 16 mmHg. The PA catheter has a small balloon that can be inflated with approximately 1 cc of air once it's properly positioned into the branch of the pulmonary artery. The balloon can be inflated, which occludes the branch of the pulmonary artery. This allows for measurement that equates to a similar pressure of the left atrium because you are very quickly occluding the right side of the heart from influencing the pressure measured past the inflated balloon. The average left atrial pressure is between 8 to 10 millimeters of mercury. This pulmonary wedge pressure is useful in diagnosing the severity of left ventricular failure and can also give insight to the degree of mitral valve stenosis. Both mitral valve stenosis and left ventricular failure will elevate left atrial pressure and therefore you will receive a higher wedge pressure. Other problems that may elevate left atrial pressure include aortic valve stenosis, aortic valve regurgitation, also referred to as aortic insufficiency, and mitral valve regurgitation or mitral insufficiency. When the left atrial pressure approaches or exceeds 20 millimeters of mercury, pulmonary edema can occur. The left atrial pressure is an indication of the outflow or venous pressure from the pulmonary circulation, and therefore, as the left atrial pressure increases, fluid is not circulating forward efficiently, which in turn increases the hydrostatic pressure infiltration of fluid of the pulmonary capillaries, resulting in pulmonary edema. The pulmonary wedge pressure is important and helpful for physicians to titrate the dose of diuretics and other medications that are used to reduce pulmonary venous and capillary pressure. Pulmonary artery wedge pressure is also important to measure when evaluating if the patient has pulmonary hypertension. 
Pulmonary hypertension is caused by increased pulmonary vascular resistance or can result from increase in pulmonary venous pressure as well as increased pulmonary blood volume secondary to that left ventricular failure or mitral or aortic valve disease. Another valuable reason to insert a PA catheter is when an ICU patient is receiving fluids during shock. It allows for a more accurate assessment of how much fluid volume is needed. As with any procedure, there are complications and risks. For left and right heart catheterizations, those risks can include, but are not limited to, cardiac arrhythmias, cardiac tamponade, embolism from a blood clot at the tip of the catheter, which can then travel to the brain or other organs leading to a CVA, a heart attack, injury to the artery itself, infection, kidney damage due to the use of contrast dye, which is referred to as contrast nephropathy, hypotension, and even allergic reaction to the contrast material. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Let's Review RN. I hope that you found this episode helpful while I took the time to explain what the difference between a right and a left heart cardiac catheterization is. Um, There is some confusion sometimes as to what they're used for, what they evaluate. And I thought this was the perfect opportunity to take the time to explain both sides of a cardiac catheterization. Again, you can always find me at Instagram handle Let's Review RN and feel free to leave me a message, drop me a note of anything else you'd like to learn. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.